This is the Purpose Church Podcast. We exist to help every person live on purpose. It is our prayer that this message helps you experience God in a brand new way. Amen, amen. God is good when? Say that loud. All the time, all the time. You know, I'm so grateful for what God is doing in this place, what God's doing in, in your life. And how many of you would be able to raise a hand and say, God's doing something in my life right now, and it's important, and it's a big deal. You know, God is doing something special um, in this church, uh, which is you. You are the church. God's doing something special uh, in my life and in our home, and, and we know that God's doing something special in the city. And we're going to share a little bit about that today in a brand new sermon series we do at the end of every year called Legacy. Uh, And before we jump into that, let me say hello to those that are here for the very first time. Church, welcome those that are here for the first time today. Glad you are here. Welcome to church. And if you wouldn't mind, inside your worship guide you received from some wonderful smiling faces on your way in the door, uh, fill out that card and tell us you were here. Kelly and I would love to walk alongside you and, and help you take your next steps on purpose. And so fill that card out sometime uh, between now and the end of service, and then that same smiling face that handed it to you will take it from you on the way out of service today uh, here in just a little bit. Everybody say legacy. legacy. Come on, say it like the first service says it. Say legacy. legacy. Y'all are setting the tone for second service. They like to one-up you. You guys got to start strong. Legacy is an important uh, time in our church's history uh, because every year for the last eight years, we have, at the end of the year, gone through what we call legacy. And that is a, a, a shift in our focus uh, to what can we do to springboard, not just into the next year, uh, but what is happening spiritually that is going to bring uh, advancement to the kingdom of God, even and how that affects our families and how that affects us personally. And so let's look at what the word legacy uh, really is. A legacy is what people remember and benefit from you once you're gone. Now, it might be a little hard for you to think about, like, when, when you're gone, you know, like, when, what is that going to look like um, in you know, that's, that's why midlife crisis exists, because we wake up and go, oh my gosh, I haven't done anything uh, for retirement or whatever, and we start freaking out a little bit. Um, but a legacy is what people remember and what people benefit from once we're gone. Let's read this out loud together. Ready? One, two, three. Ready? Read. It's what people remember and benefit from once we're gone. And it comes from, legacy comes from a, a Latin verb, which means will. Um, so like, like if you signed, a, if you wrote a will, when you pass away what your family gets um, or doesn't get, you know, from you um, when you pass away, what's given upon death. And so when we look at what people remember benefit from once we're gone, let's look at Psalm, 11, uh, Psalm 112. Good will come to those who are generous and lend freely. They will be remembered how long? Forever. Forever. Psalm 92. This is the anchor verse for the entire series. Psalm 92, 12 through 14. But the godly. Everyone say godly. Now, that word godly right there means to be in accordance with, to be in unity with. 
uh, literally means, that word in Hebrew, not serving your own agenda. See how much deeper these languages are. And we're like, yeah, I'm godly. I go to church. That doesn't mean anything. Even the devil can come to church. That doesn't mean anything. Like, that, like that attendance alone does not make you godly. It's are we in accordance with, are we in unity with, are we serving our own agenda, and, and are we pure in heart towards that effort? That's what the word means. But the godly, the, the ones in unity, the ones that are in accordance with God's standard, the ones that aren't serving their own agenda will flourish. Everybody say flourish. To sprout, to blossom, to thrive, to be in a state of continual growth and seeking maturity. It's a word that a, a, a Hebrew parent would use towards their child about helping them bud and blossom and be able to bear their own flowers and seed one day. It says they will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like the cedar of Lebanon. Planted, everyone say planted. planted. In the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. Even in old age, they will still produce fruit. Produce fruit. Literally, the action there is predictable fruit. They will produce predictable fruit and show vitality. And so the translators put there, they will remain vital or fresh and green. What a verse. Planted in the house of our Lord, we will flourish and be strong and be deep. So legacy is important. See, the prosperity of the righteous is comparable to that of a palm tree and a cedar of Lebanon. Even, even Solomon had the entire palace filled with cedar. Not mountain cedar, better cedar. Uh, filled with cedar. The palm tree symbolizes beauty and fruitfulness, while the cedar is an emblem of strength and permanence and stability. The season for, for growth of believers happens when they are planted in the house of the Lord and flourish in the courts of our God. So, legacy is our destiny when we are deeply rooted, not loosely connected. Legacy is our destiny when we are deeply rooted, not loosely connected. Now, I'm going through all of this with this in the beginning of the series to kind of set it up um, because a lot of you are new and you've not been part of a legacy series yet. So I really want you to see why this is such a big deal to us and why we end the year around Thanksgiving-ish, you know, October, November-ish with this series. Because if we are not deeply rooted but we're only loosely connected then these things can happen, like a tumbleweed. I grew up in West Texas where tumbleweeds are very normal. Uh, they are, are very, go ahead and put it up there. They are very, very easy to, to, to fly away. Now, this isn't Odessa because there's, there's a hill here. So just pretend that's gone. That might have been my house, like somewhere right here. You know, just pretend that's gone. But these tumbleweeds, are, it's really important that we understand the meaning of being deeply connected. Unlike other seed-bearing plants where the birds come and eat and then disperse the seed, tumbleweed seeds are hidden inside of a small flower. Around that small flower is Fort Knox and barbed wire that the, the tumbleweed has, has, create, has, has been created with to protect the seed inside something beautiful. 
Tumbleweeds hold on to their seed and refuse to share it. They won't let anyone in it. They won't let anyone take it. They won't let anything touch it. They protect the seed with these thorns, and then the tumbleweed dies. It's loosely connected at best, and and when you have caliche-type soil and a, a lot of broken limestone and rock, things can't grow deep. That's why there's no trees out there. Things can't grow deeply there. And you're thinking, well, Landon, but the, the seed still spreads, right? Tumbleweeds are, are everywhere. I mean, growing up, Kelly's soccer team would have to stop the soccer game and let the tumbleweeds go through the field, and then they would resume play. I'm not joking. But Landon, it still spreads the seed. Yeah, you are factually correct. How many of you know you can be factually correct and dead wrong at the same time? So you are factually, everyone who's married is like, yeah, 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 yeah. You were in the car on the way here, weren't you, preacher? You're factually correct, but the tumbleweed seed only spreads where the circumstantial winds make it go. It is not intentional. And also, the seed doesn't go very far. A tumbleweed seed will, will end up, once, the, once it dies and the seed falls out, it'll only make it as far as it hits your car or the farmer's fence or pump jack or whatever. It doesn't go very far. The seed only travels as far as the next obstacle in life. Are you guys following me? Legacy is about having deep roots not loose connections. Let's say that out loud together again. Legacy is our destiny when we are deeply rooted, not loosely connected. Put that screen up back there, Natalie. Legacy is when we are deeply rooted. Say deeply rooted. rooted. Say it deeper than that. Deeply. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Say deeply rooted. You can tell I've been preaching on Wednesday nights to teenagers lately. Not loosely connected. If we are not deeply rooted, then the circumstantial winds of life are pushing us around, and we may or may not release any seed that has any benefit for future generations. It just depends on how hard we've held on to it and how hard the obstacle is we hit and how hard the winds blow. That's not the kind of intentionality of legacy that Christians are supposed to live. If we are to flourish and grow strong, we must think and be legacy people that have deep roots, not loose connections. Deeply planted in the house of the Lord, able to stand strong in the midst of a strong wind, in the midst of obstacle, and continuing to grow, continuing to produce fruit. Even in a dry and bare and scorching desert, we will flourish like the palm tree, and be able to go through any desert season because our roots are deep in God's house, his church, with his people, and his grace. Somebody say a big loud amen to that truth. That's legacy. What do we do about that now? Now you're like, well, I get it. Like, legacy needs to be intentional. I can't hold on to my seed and just... And expect that my children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren are going to grow up and care about the Lord. 
This has to be an intentional effort. So what do we do about that? Let me tell you about why now. Because the part I mentioned was the intentionality. We're going to talk about the intentionality. We're going to talk about the harvest and the soil. Today's message is even entitled, The Soil is Ready. Somebody say, The Soil is Ready. Here's the harvest. Our cities need hope. Our cities need hope. And the kind of hope that Jesus alone can give. Some harvest numbers. And I've re- I read this a few weeks ago in one of our message series. The percentages of growth in our city are obviously going up. As is the percentage number of the unchurched and the unreached. This percentage I shared with you a few weeks ago, a few months ago, was 65% of shirts in Cibolo claim no religious affiliation or atheism. 65%. So six or seven out of ten people you walk into at AGB claim no religious affiliation or atheism themselves. What's scary about that is per capita, uh, we are almost 10% higher in unchurched numbers than Austin. And so when we're looking at what God's doing in our city, is it any coincidence, not that you believe in coincidences because you go to the purpose church, and so since we don't believe in luck or coincidence, when we're looking at what God's doing on purpose, is it any coincidence that he put us right here in the middle of this shaky ground where I don't know what truth is to help people learn what truth is so they can live without on purpose? You see what God's doing here? So the harvest is there. The harvest is plentiful. Hopelessness is on the rise. 20 to 25-year-olds saw a 65% increase in suicide in the last five years, followed by 55 to 59-year-olds had the second highest increase of suicides. It it rose 47% in those that were in their late 50s. This tells a story of the depression and the, homeless, the hopelessness that people are feeling. And when you don't live life on purpose or feel like you don't have a purpose, sometimes the only answer out is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. But if all the church is doing is having fun with people and not telling them to the truth, then we are contributors to those statistics. And we will not do that. We will not do that. We will tell you the truth. We will tell you the truth. Look at 1 Samuel 2, 8. He puts people on their feet again. And he rekindles burned out lives with fresh hope. Anybody been there? He restores dignity and restores respect to people's lives. Somebody say amen to that. That's good news. That's my life. Anybody, somebody say amen if that's your life. That's your life. He put you on your feet again. He he rekindled a burned out life. He put passion back in you. Gave you dignity again when the devil told you you were completely a waste of people's time. He restored dignity to you and brought respect back to your life because God created you on purpose for a purpose. 
And that is something he does, the devil does not want you to know. So if you're here today feeling hopeless, let us fill you with some hope today that you are not an accident, that you did not come from another animal, that the world is not billions of years old, that you were created on purpose for a purpose, and that you are in this cafeteria on purpose. It's not an accident that you're here. God has a big plan for your life. And all the legacy people said, amen. amen. See, here's the, the thing about the harvest. The harvest is ready, but only legacy people can harvest it. Let me explain. If someone's not a legacy person and they're not thinking in terms of three generations deep or they're not thinking about the people after them, why would someone go do the hard work of harvesting uh, and, and taking care of these people and, and meeting people and hosting small groups and, and, and volunteering at Awana? Or why would we go through all of that trouble if we don't believe that we can have an impact or we don't believe that it's our problem? But legacy people are not normal Christians. Normal Christians go to church. In America, the statistics are, a normal American Christian goes to church an average of once to twice a month, maybe. Only 4% of American Christians actually tithe. And we still send more money around the world than the rest of the world combined. Isn't that something? What if it was 100%? Do you know there are still people groups in the world that don't even have the Bible in their language yet? Did you know there are still human beings on the planet that have never heard the name of Jesus? It's hard to believe. Legacy people are all in people. We, we are thermostats, not thermometers. We control the temperature of our homes. We don't acquiesce to culture's heat. And so we, we do things differently. Because the harvest is there, and because we are saved, we are dead to ourselves, Galatians says, and we are only alive in Christ, meaning that I'm dead to myself. I do what he needs me to do and wants me to do and says to do. Even if it doesn't make sense, I'm still going to be open to what he says because he's God and I'm not. That's a legacy-minded Christian. What about the soil? See, where you plant your seed determines the outcome of the harvest. The Bible is very clear about that in the Gospels. There are four different types of soil, thorny, rocky, hard, and good. Where you plant your seed matters. So I want to ask you, where are we planting our seed? The time you've been given. The money that God is allowing you to steward. You see how that's different than the money you made. The money God gave you breath in the body to get up and go to work for. The job that he led you to. All of it's him. So the money that he allows you to steward, what are we doing with our time and our seed? What are we doing with that? Are we investing our lives for an EROI, the internal, eternal return on investment? What is our mindset when it comes to an ROI? Because this is really, really important. The ultimate purpose of my life is to make a difference with my life. Not the ultimate purpose of my life is to make a bunch of money to prove my dad wrong. The eternal purpose of your life isn't to buy the biggest house you can so your mother-in-law realizes she was wrong 
about you. How dare she to live life with this chip on your shoulder the rest of your life all the while you turn 60 years old or you're one of those people in their late 50s that is wondering, why am I even here? But if we know that we, the ultimate purpose of our life is to make a difference with our life, now we're saying, God, put me in, coach. Where do you want me? Put me in. Where do you want me? Legacy people think this way in Psalm 116. How can I repay the Lord for all of his, read it out loud. That is what legacy people wake up in the morning thinking. Not, all right, blessed and highly favored. And then we just fake it till we make it. We go home knowing we've lied all day. But what if we actually woke up that morning going, how can I repay the Lord for all that he has done for me? The second song we sang, I will sing of the goodness of God. Because he is, God's not just good, he is goodness. He is good. He is the, he's the definition of good. And he is always working things out together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose, not those who come to church loosely connected, wanting the benefits of it without the sacrifice of it. Now, I'm not being mean. I'm telling you, I'm showing you the road to true living. I told you we're not going to lie to you. If we just needed butts and seats, we'd do things a lot differently around here. But there's a message here for you to hear. You're here for a reason. You're tired of walking around in the dark, groping in the dark, trying to find significance, looking for a light switch in life. And God brought you here to find it in a cafeteria. Look at this John Bonnell quote. If one first gives himself to the Lord, all other giving is easy. If we give ourselves die to ourselves, so we give ourselves to the Lord, then we're like, hey, how can I repay you for all you've done? And he's like, I don't want you to repay me. I just want you to cooperate with me, to walk with me, to believe in it. Legacy people think differently. Even in Matthew 6, they understand for where your treasure is, there your heart is also heart, the soul of who you are, because we're body, soul, and spirit. The soul is the mind, will, and emotions. So where your treasure is, your time and your talent and your actual treasure, where your time, talent, and treasure is, there your heart and mind and will will be also. There your mind, will, and emotions will be also. So what are you investing in? What, are you investing so much of your time right now worried about what's going on all over the world, things that you have no control over? Is it completely got you covered in anxiety, or have you gone to your knees in prayer to an almighty good God that already knew it was going down, and he will handle it if we pray and sacrifice our time for prayer? Now, if we are thinking differently, because a lot of people will abuse that just to talk about tithing. Notice I didn't say anything about that. I'm just saying that, that we all have three different forms of treasure that we give to our family, to our friends, to the church, to our job. 
but it's the deep core of who we are, the mind, will, and emotions that will follow our investment. That's why some of these sports dads get so mad at games because they're spending two grand a month for their kid to be Derek Jeter, and he's never going to be. He can't even run straight lines. Shoes are always untied. Couldn't hit a ball if it was on a tee. And they're yelling at other parents and mad because they've got thousands of dollars in time wrapped up into this investment. Their emotions, their mind, and their will are in the stands. So what are you investing in? Does it have an E-R-O-I or not? So why are we talking about this now, like at the end of the year? Why are we talking about this now? Because its legacy is who we are and it's what we're called to. Because the harvest is ready and the soil is ready. Because we've got seed to plant and soil to plant it into. So let me tell you how we know as a church that the soil is ready. Are you ready? Say amen and I'm ready. I'm going to tell you why I know and why we know and why the church knows and why God told us that the soil is ready for your next investment, your next seed planting, your next round of planting. The first way we know is, number one, we've tested the soil. We've tested the soil. We, we tested it. I remember when we were planting grass at our house and bought sod, I did a really nerdy thing. And I took a, a, a whole vial of dirt and shipped it off to Texas A&M. And they told me the contents of my soil. They were so happy to get to do that for me. And, and uh, they sent back like a nine-page report on my 200-square-foot front lawn. It was a little overkill, um, but that's what Aggies do. They just do weird things, poke them horns. So, fine. <laughs> oh, y'all chill. We've tested the soil. We don't just throw seed out of a helicopter and hope it lands somewhere good. We've tested the soil. There's an intentional planting there and caring for the seed. But we've tested the soil. So let's look at God's vision for us as a church together. And we're going to read this out loud together. For those of you that are at Growth Track last week, like a dozen of you graduated Growth Track last week. By the way, congratulations. Really excited for your next steps. Let's read the vision together out loud, starting with the, the word two. One, two, ready, read. To plant life-giving local churches in communities along the I-35 corridor that are unswervingly committed to reaching people with the gospel of Jesus and discipling the believer. If that doesn't give you Jesus goosey bumps... I don't know if even Carrie Job could, or could, I don't know if any cool song could. It's way cooler to plant local churches, to find an HOA that is broken and hurting with a divorce rate that's double the neighbor, the neighboring community, of which there are some. When you drive down 1103 and you see Saddle Creek Ranch or Stonehenge, all these different, like they, they have different needs. There's a major difference between the needs of Belmont Park and Riata even. There's a, to have a micro-multi-site focus, not satellite, but le training leaders. You can find out in a minute. Training leaders to when our building gets built, they drive off with those trailers to another school and another community the same day. 
to have a forward thinking. This church will never arrive, by the way, because this vision won't allow it to. It is a continual forward focus on where are people hurting the most. That's where God is sending us next. To plant life-giving local churches in communities. I don't know how else to say it. Life-giving local churches. Every locale, every city, every zip code, every HOA has its own feel, its own vibe, its own needs, its own ratio of renters to homeowners its own ratio of of how old the children are in the neighborhood or how young the children are in the neighborhood. We call it thinking small and local. We will plant life-giving, locally-focused congregations that are small enough for people to feel needed and known, but large enough to meet the needs of the neighborhoods they're in. It's intentional. It's slower growth. You need a lot more leaders to pull it off. But I'm going to tell you about what God's been doing as soon as we had that vision published and further clarified. God's been doing something. Let me share with you some statistics. The first Sunday of Legacy Sunday to show you that people are resonating with the small and local idea that people are excited about possibly being a part of having a local church like this within walking distance of their home. And, and having a community of people that know when they're gone and stand up for them when they need it, take care of them. This message is resonating so much to the point you may not notice how much it's resonating. So, Kelly, and I wanted to share these statistics with you. The first one is, since January of this year, we have seen a 54% increase in Sunday morning attendance. Some of you, that, that's you. That's you. Raise your hand if that's you since January. That's you. You're the 54%. You're 54%. There's God's doing something. God's doing something. And that is not because there was any fancy pants marketing campaign. That's not, that's not because we paid for anything like that to start. That's not. It's literally you invited your neighbor. And their life was changed, and they invited their neighbor. It sounds a lot like Acts chapter 2 through 5 to me. By the way, that's what revival looks like. Revivals aren't freaky-deaky scary stuff. Revivals are what's happening right now. That is the definition of people's lives being revived. That is revival. Somebody say a louder amen to that. That is revival. The second one. In 2023, we had 39 small groups get launched this year. Somebody say amen to that. We're not a church with small groups. We are a church of small groups. Everything we do is through small groups, and it's resonating with people to the point that we know 75% to 82% of all of our adults are in a small group right now. The national average, by the way, is in the 20th percentile. People are finding true freedom in real community in a smaller group of people that love them and will take care of them. 
People are hearing the gospel and hearing the truth that every person is created by God on purpose for a purpose. God is up to something because 103 people have graduated growth track just this year alone. 103 people have said yes to their best next step and being equipped by discovering their God-given design and starting next steps to begin to live their life on purpose. 103 people. And the year's not even over. We still have November and December's growth tracks to do. Many of these folks, their best next step was to join the dream team. Not all. Some people need to, we, we talk to them and every growth track person has a one-on-one conversation with a leader while they're there for about 10 minutes and we begin to discover what is your best next step. For some folks, it's to get in a freedom group. For some folks, it's a small group. They're brand new to church and so we're like, go to small group for a semester, then join the dream team the next one and do both. We help people. It's a micro focus on that person and helping them find their best next step. But for some of them, their best next step was to go ahead and join the dream team. And we're excited to celebrate that in the last 12 months, we have seen an increase of 60% in the dream team with an average of 161 dream teamers serving every single month. People serving now regularly. Come on, somebody give God praise for that. We celebrate that people are making the decision to live life on purpose and begin to and latched onto the vision that we can change family trees forever. It's a big deal. God is definitely building his church and he's preparing it. He's preparing us for the harvest. We know that God is building his church. He's also growing his church um, numerically by People bringing their children, also people having copious amounts of children. The, the average American church child population is 20 to 23 percent. Our church's child population is 57 percent. Purpose Kids has grown 48 percent on Sunday morning this year alone. That's a bunch of kids. And there are 70 kids enrolled in Awanas with dozens and dozens of volunteers serving there every single Wednesday night. These kids are coming home. They're wearing their little vests, and they're saying their scriptures. And Bradley's like, sign this. I memorized my verse. I'm like, I bet you didn't. And he recites it. I'm like, okay. So I sign his little book. They go home and recite it, come home ready for the next week. Somebody give God a big, loud praise that the next generation is growing. Not only is it the littler kids, it's the, the teenagers, 90% increase in purpose youth attendance this year alone. Somebody say, God is up to something. Now let's read the vision again, now that you know the devil's losing, and let's see what your volume's like now. All right, let's read it. One, two, ready, read. To plant in communities along the I-35 corridor that are unswervingly committed to reaching people with the gospel of Jesus and discipling the believer. Somebody say amen. Amen. 
Now, this requires laser-focused intentionality. It requires saying a lot of no to a lot of good in order to say yes to great. It requires a dogged determination to keep a focus so there can be a driving passion to develop leaders. Because if we did not develop leaders, then this vision is not possible. And so some other soil tests we've made is we made the call for leaders to rise up and be trained. So we began our Purpose School of Leadership this year. Take a look at a class that they just had a few weeks ago. We've got 11 students enrolled in it. They're graduating December the 4th. They've been going through a whole year. They have written up to date uh, 10 essays and papers. They have read half a dozen books, and we're, we're finishing our last module right now. They graduate December 4th. I'm so proud of you guys. Give them a round of applause. Graduate a couple of weeks. In May 2022, we began our Greater Things campaign to raise money to put ourselves as a, a church in a position uh, to be opportunists. Uh, and we were looking, 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 uh, and we were looking for a, a building, and then uh, we could not find anything that was being built in shirts or had already been built that wasn't already pre-leased before, built, before it was built or already purchased before it hit the market. And so it's just the way the market is out here on the corridor. And so we began to look for land. And then we were looking for land that was 10 to 15 acres. Um, and those are few and far between defined. You'll find some that are less and then some that are 90 to 100, 200 acres. And so we were trying to figure those out. Like the, the land that Evo sits on sold with them for about $34 million, uh, just the land. Um, and so we were like, obviously that's not possible <laughs> for 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 us to do. And so we began to think, and we began to feel convicted that the piece of land we were looking for was too big. And we were like, that's weird. And so we, we started thinking and praying about it. So we started looking for five acre pieces of land. There were a few more of those available. Within four months of starting our capital campaign to raise money to buy the land, we were able to secure the funds almost down to the dollar of what was needed for the down payment on the land we own um, on I-35 and 1103, um, at, at the middle piece of the old golf course. Uh, and you'll, you'll, you can see it right there uh, at Country Club Boulevard and I-35. In fact, during 21 Days of Prayer, we did our first like, church-wide event out on the land. And we had a prayer uh, walk. And we had a lot of people coming and praying over the land and, and, and walking around and praying. And, and we had everybody get little bags of deer corn. And we had them all available. And that deer corn was the faith seed, right? So I'm walking around with my kids. And I was asking uh, Levi, what, what are we, we going to sow right here? And, and he said, uh, he said, I want like a miniature football field. I'm like, that's well, like, okay. And so I just said, you know, I was like, so we're just walking around. Um, and I said, what else do you want to pray for? And so he had his, uh, you know, little handful of seed. And he said, the worship center needs to be awesome. And I was like, now throw that one as far as you can. Like that, that. That needs to be some good seed thrown. And so uh, the deer were very happy, um, and it got prayed over, and so everyone was happy. Uh, but there, there were dozens and dozens of people coming out for three weeks, um, twice a week, to pray over that land. The soil is ready. Number two, we know that God has been tilling the soil. Tilling is a, a breaking up of the topsoil to get oxygen down into 
the oil. It's like, it's like the beginning of aeration. It's like you're getting, you've got to find a way to get some, uh, to get some uh, nutrients down into the soil. God has been tilling and cultivating to allow air into the soil. God was breaking hardened topsoil to allow freshness underneath. We saw that and how he broke through into a situation and brought life into our campaign by partnerships that only God himself could have created. And I want to tell you about a few of those partnerships to, today. And then next week, um, Pastor Kelly is going to talk to you about a partnership we have been working on since March, February of this year that we're just now able to tell you about. So don't miss church next week um, because you're going to want to hear uh, exactly what God's doing, and it's going to make you do a praise dance, no tambourines. All right, so God's been tilling the soil. So a couple of our partners, the first partner, uh, we fired one engineer because he, he, every time I, talk, I told him about our vision, the life-giving smaller, like small and local and all that, and every time I mentioned something about it, he told me why it wasn't possible. So I finally just looked at him and said, dude, we're trying to build a church, not a Walmart. I need you to, 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 to get on the same page with me. Um, and I'm a little different in those meetings than I am with you. And so I was like, well, I'm like, dude, you, you're, this is not working out. Um, and I, I said, I, we don't need somebody telling us what the devil is trying to tell us. I'm not paying you to tell me what the devil is already trying to tell us. So have a great day. Bill me for what we've um, used your time for. And then God brought us into a relationship with somebody who not only is saying yes to all of these visionary ideas, they want to partner with us for every single location we build for the rest of our lives. Um, it's Master's Plan um, is our first partner, Church Design and Construction. They're based out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, the founder, Rodney James, and I have talked extensively uh, in the last five months. This has been going on for half a year. We're just now able to tell you guys what's going on. Um, and he wants to just be a partner with us for the long haul um, and loves the idea, loves the vision, loves what God's doing. And another thing that for those of you that are numbers people that you will love, for those of you that are planners uh, or type ones on the Enneagram, you'll love this. Um, he has built hundreds of churches. Every single church he has built has come in under budget and ahead of schedule. He's not been over budget or over time one time. Um, and, and I'm excited about um, what he is going to be able to do um, here for us. So he was a former pastor, um, and he felt, I mean, think, when do you ever hear this? Here a pastor has a big, thriving, growing church. Give it away because they heard God say, give away this platform and go help other people build that one. Give away a church. Give it to someone else to go start a construction business from the ground up. Give away security for you and your family in a church that grew under your leadership because you heard a word from the Lord in prayer. That's the kind of partner I'd like to have in our church's corner. And so he's been working with us for about six months now. He's already been in talks with our neighboring developers and the whole Northcliffe drama. He knows all about it. Um, and he has been already um, a bulldog for us in a lot of those conversations. I'm very, very grateful uh, for him to ensure he's ensuring the church's interest and the vision are never steamrolled by developers from Chicago. And all God's people said, amen. 
The second partner we got um, is AG Financial. And AG Financial found out about our vision. They asked me for a vision letter. Um, I wrote this long letter out, pretty much this sermon, but way longer, uh, and wrote it all out. I didn't know that they were going to do this, but they took that letter and read it to the entire board in Springfield, Missouri. Um, and it's AG Financial Center for the Assemblies of God. So the Assemblies of God, by the way, is the only denomination in the United States that's growing. All of the other ones are shrinking and doing very unbiblical things. And so the Assemblies of God are growing, especially charismatic Hispanic Assemblies of God. So, orale. So it's like, they're, so they're, they're, that's awesome. Um, and so they read that letter, and they were like, wait a minute. So you're telling me there's a guy that wants to bring the church into relationship with us that doesn't want to grow a megachurch? And they were like, that doesn't make any sense. They kept reading the letter, and they were like, we want to do that. On paper, it makes no sense for them to partner with us. They broke every rule in the book, and they get to do it because they are a group of investors of multimillionaire Christians that have come together to say, when banks are telling churches no, we will say yes twice as hard. So they partnered with us to take on um, the, the note for the land, and that will roll into the construction loan. We close with them on Tuesday at 2 o'clock. So that's really cool what God's doing in that. So how do we start seeing the soil produce a harvest for the future? How do we start seeing that? Now that we're all excited, we know that God's up to something, now what do we do? Because somebody's got to grab the rake. Somebody's got to grab the shovel. Like, we, we got to get to work. So before we get there, let me tell you, um, uh, like, what we're, serve, what we're sowing toward. The, the, the number that you need to know. Every number uh, for legacy, we have a goal. Um, and last year, we beat our goal by thousands of dollars. Um, and so this year, we are setting a legacy goal of $50,000 on Legacy Sunday. And that is coming up in uh, about four weeks. So it's the 19th of November on Legacy Sunday. This year's Legacy offering goes towards the soil for the future of seeing a brand new hub for the kingdom built on that land. Um, for some reason, the devil is gunning for shirts in Cibolo. Three churches have been planted here in the last five years. All three of them are already closed. Um, and there are no plans for any churches to build except for us and my buddy Zach at Revolution Church in Selma who owns land on 3009. Uh, and there's another church that might be building on 1518 and I-10. So they will have the city surrounded if we can all get buildings built. But God's up to something in our city and he knows the devil's gunning for it and we're not going to let him have it. And so it starts off with things like this. It, it, what looked like devastation to the community in Northcliff when they lost their golf course to a shady investor in South Korea. What has become page bait for the front page of newspapers will be one of God's greatest turnaround stories that will empower families, give the community in Northcliff a place to call their home, equip children with truth, train leaders at such a rapid rate that we can't buy land fast enough, and serves others as Jesus would by turning what looks like a derelict golf course into a beautiful place the city loves to have in their city limits.
So here's what the 50,000 will get um, our church. It'll get us initial blueprints. How many of you want to know what it'll look like? It'll also give us the digital renderings. You know, the fake drone flyovers with all the fake people standing there with coffee in front of a fake tree. Like, it'll, it'll get us that cool fake drone video, all the digital renderings, um, work with city permitting, um, geographical, topographical stuff, all of that, uh, and the construction budget. The construction budget is a very big deal because that is the number that master's plan says, here's what we are agreeing, you will charge us for your building. Then we know how much of a percentage of that we need to raise in order to put the down payment on the construction loan so they can start building the building. So this is a big piece to us actually knowing what that's going to cost. And as construction costs have doubled since COVID, um, you know, the building we're looking to build is anywhere between 20 and 30,000 square feet. It'll have a, about a 400, 500 seat auditorium, um, which is perfect for the size of church that we're trying to build, a small and local idea. Uh, and it'll get us something to look at and go, let's go for it. Because right now all people see is a, a really broken piece of ground with a lot of deer corn on it. But as I told Levi, I said, son, right where we're sitting, we were sitting on this little uh, manhole cover um, right next to all of the utility taps, which all the utility taps are on our property, by the way, sewer, water, electrical, internet, it's all on our property, so we don't have to pay for that to come to us, it's already there. And I was sitting right underneath the shadow of our 50-foot lit billboard that we own right on the highway. And as I'm sitting there looking around, we're throwing deer corn, I said, Levi, one day, where you just threw corn, the, the drawings I've seen, where you just threw corn is the entrance door. So remember that. So who knows? God's up to something. But what I do know is that you will never miss what you invest in eternity. You will never miss what you invest in an eternal ROI. Our faith started with sacrifice. Jesus sacrifices life. Our faith started with sacrifice, and it'll be sacrifice that builds the church. Legacy is what people remember and benefit from when we're gone. So as you stand to your feet, I want to read a few things to you as you get ready for to response time and for prayer. If you're saying, Landon, count me in, here's some next steps. Step number one, begin returning the tithe to the Lord. Stop robbing from God. You can follow the steps in your worship guide for that. And there's uh, very, very simple ways. Um, so step number one is begin returning the tithe to the Lord. It's not yours anyway. And it will bring blessing unlike no other. Step number two, start praying and asking how God would have you and your family give on Legacy Sunday. We're going to have a very special service that day. Have some special service elements. It's going to be a beautiful, beautiful day. And then step number three, get excited and get involved. Get excited and get involved. So you have an idea? We want to hear it. I'm not saying it'll be a good one, but we want to hear it. So click the more button on the website and fill out that little form we've created to tell us what your idea is. You have a testimony? Please tell us and tell your neighbors. People need to hear your story. 
tell your story on Facebook reviews and Google reviews. We want to hear it, and they need to hear it. And the last one is a little snarky, but do you have a pulse? Then go to Growth Track if you got a pulse. Go to Growth Track. What are you waiting on? I'm waiting on God to reveal to me if this is my church. It is. This is your church. Stop looking around. (laughs) This is where you're supposed to be. You're exactly where God wants you to be. It's not an accident you're here. And, And God wants to do something powerful with your life. So go to Growth Track, find those answers um, all in your worship guide. When the next one is, scan that code, get signed up. And let's all hang out at the office and eat a bunch of good food and talk about what is God doing and how can we all do it together. Prayer team, go ahead and come on down. See, the most important step of all is receiving the gift of grace of Jesus Christ for your sins. And so what these prayer team... Uh, members are down here for is to pray with you for anything you need. Number one, they're here to pray with you about whatever you want, but also they're here to pray with you about any hesitation you might have with this message, any like, hey, I'm still trying to figure this out. I'm wondering. I'm wondering about the Christian faith. I don't know if like whatever, whatever that stuff, like let them pray with you about anything. If you and your spouse are not on the same page, if you're married and you and your spouse are not on the same page about tithing, You need to invite blessing into your home by getting on the same page. And if you're wanting just a covering of prayer for what Legacy Sunday will look like for you, within a few short months, we could have something to look at and go, that's where we're headed. We can start giving toward it. We can start seeing, uh, seeing things manifest and things change and things shape and things move forward faster. So come down and ask for clarity, courage, and conviction. And if you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, right now is the moment. And they will pray a prayer of faith with you and over you. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in this church. And God, as we come down for prayer and we come down for communion, to remember the sacrifice of of blood on the cross to cover my sin so I don't have to pay for it on my own. God, thank you for your son. And God, we know our faith started with sacrifice, so God, would you give us courage, clarity, and conviction to know what our sacrifice looks like so our grandkids will, will never even know that used to be a golf course. So that our great-grandkids will, will be speaking the name of the Lord in their schools. That our country our, and, and our state and for sure S-C-U-C-I-S-D begin to turn the tide and have truth in the mouths of more children than culture's truth in the mouths of children. And God, whatever you're doing in our city, we raise our hands and say, use us. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Church Podcast. If God used this message to impact your life, Tell us your story by emailing mystory@thepurposechurch.com. Be sure to follow us on social media and check out our website at thepurposechurch.com to get connected and receive all the latest information.